Hello everyone, Jim Sterling here, uh, doing a little bit of pre-roll advertisement. Don't worry, we won't be doing this every week, and it's not really an advertisement, it's for my own shit. Uh, it, it, oh, this is going terribly. Uh, hello, uh, let's start this again. Hello, Jim Sterling here, not advertising, because we don't do things that way, but I am promoting myself at the beginning of the show, because it's good business, and we won't do this every week. Lord knows I skip through podcasts when they do it on their shows, so this will just be an intermittent thing. I'm only doing it right now just because a new thing happened. Uh, there are Jimquisition shirts available on a store now uh, over at sharkrobot.com. If you go to sharkrobot.com slash collection slash gymquisition dash merch or, you know, just go to sharkrobot.com and look for the Gymquisition store in the uh, partner store section. You'll find great t-shirts that you can buy to spread the love of Jim Sterling. Uh, there's a Jim fucking Sterling Sun shirt, Gymquisition winged emblem, uh, various... Um, Game-inspired ones uh, are all protected under pa- pa- parody law. It's fine. Uh, thank God for me shirts. It's great. You can go there now. We're going to be adding some new things to the store over time, and we'll let you know when that's available. Uh, the, I'll return you to the actual podcast now. Uh, thank you so much for your support uh, on Patreon and on the gymquisition.com and on the YouTube channel and everything. And and just thank you very much. And, yeah, I'm going to go now. Bye. No way out to city when I know that there's hot cash Crows are pecking at it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Pod Position, episode 37. That's that's a lot. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I'm joined, as always, by Laura. Hello. Hello. We have done 37 of these, and somehow people are still listening. I'm not entirely sure how, but I'm just going to roll with it for now. I know. I mean, like, considering we managed to find some way to have a technical problem every few episodes, and those episodes where we don't, we managed to just turn people off with horrible chat. Uh, it, it really is a miracle. Um, ha- yeah, uh, Gavin is here as well. Hello, Gavin. Speaking of miracles, oh, oh, because as everyone knows, <laughs> Gavin is part of Miracle of Noise, an electro funk pop synth band uh, that dabbled in a little bit of folk. Um, you're kind of a pop star, aren't you, Gavin? Kind of. Kind, kind of. of. You did a new song. I'm the kind of pop star that isn't a star. Yeah, you're you're like kind a of a pop pop, pop <laughs> not star. Yeah, pop boy. Um, you did a new song, though. I listened to it. It's very did. good. The Journey one? Your Journey one, yeah. Yeah, it got a nice response, that one. It did, because it was very pretty. It was a pretty little ballad. Yeah, it was a little thing that I listened to, and I was like, oh, that makes me feel beautiful feelings about, you know, positivity and how video games can be nice sometimes. Yay! Exactly. Just like, just like Journey. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, yeah, uh, apologies for the um, technical difficulties last week. Laura worked very, very hard. (laughs) Someone implied that someone hadn't edited it, like, done the editing (laughs) job. Oh, no, no, Laura, like, listen Uh. back to that episode and how bad it was and just realise, like, if Laura hadn't have have put the effort into salvaging, it would have been worse than that. Absolutely. That, that was that was six bloody hours to get it sounding like that. That was not a fun yeah. episode. So the short version, it's always difficult when we've got a guest on anyway, because uh, Brian last week did not have his own recording software, so we had to record him remotely with a Skype recorder. That's and then my fine. one crashed, yeah, which Gavin's Laura recording... also had to fix. Yeah, so Gavin's crashed in the middle, so we had to get that fixed. Then my recording crashed, and like <laughs> I couldn't re-export it into 
audacity. So I had to use the call recorder's track for myself, but that runs at a slightly different speed to the audacity like local recordings. And my God, it was a fucking yeah. nightmare. And, and I was trying to use Jim's track where I could because his like local quality was better. But because of that, it meant like having to listen to doubled up Jim in the remote track and in his local track in order to be like, okay, this is the bits where he's talking. That's where to cut him out from. Ugh. Yeah. And it I was, was like... six hours of you can, um My audio was you can, buried you, you quiet You know there's a thing well, called a noise gate you can use to actually do that for you. I tried. It was not producing good results. Okay. Yeah. It was not doing things correctly. Like, I, I tried all of the, the solutions that should have made that job much easier. None of them were playing. Jim, Jim's like, voice just oh. broke them all. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, fuck it. So I spent six hours putting that together in as listenable a form as it came out. And I was like, mm. I fucking like this episode. I think it's brilliant. And like the first four comments on Jim's page were just like, Oh, this week sounds a bit shit. Someone didn't put the effort in. I was like, "Fuck you!" Fuck. <laughs> six out, put six hours into this bloody really show. Was. I don't know. I don't know if you two guys agree with this, but I was saying on Twitter earlier this week that, like, and of course I can't include Audacity in this because it's a free program. But, um, like for anyone who's a creator these days, like music or video or anything, it seems that increasingly your job is to spend obscene amounts of money on shit that doesn't work properly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember whether it's Sony Vegas or Cubase or Pro Tools or Premiere Pro crashing and it's just like, oh I my God. I remember I bought Sony, like I was using, um, I was trying Sony Vegas out. Let's mm -hmm. just leave it at that for yeah, legal purposes. I yeah. was trying it out. And, you know, once I started making some real money, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy who actually buys computer programs, you know? Yeah. Um, still haven't. Ob ob obviously, I've, I've never bought the, the buyable version of WinRAR yet. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not completely I'm, lost. I'm plot. pretty sure that is the point where the universe implodes when someone buys WinRAR. Yeah, I, like, you know, we, we've all agreed not to do that because it's the great unraveling of all things made flesh. If, we, if one person does it. But I did decide, you know what, I'm at that point now. I'm going to buy the photo editing stuff because I'm, I'm a man of means now. And, yeah. and I, I got so Now, Zony Vegas, now, I personally like it just because it's, it's, well, A, it's the one I'm used to. And it's the one it's, that's made, it's, it's one of the few video editing software uh, programs that have not reduced me to actual tears. It, it is like the next best thing in terms of simple video editing software above Windows Movie Maker. Exactly. Now, and like, Windows Movie it is Maker, the, I, I can understand. drag and drop stuff in and it works. I will say, though, I moved to Premiere a couple of weeks ago. And once you just take like two or three hours to learn it, it actually kind of has a better workflow than Vegas. I can't do it. I can't handle it. Plus really? I got, tried it and it just wasn't for me. I've got traumatic really? memories of Premiere because one of the versions I've used... Now, granted, this was many years ago, but one of the versions I used was just so fucking... Just didn't want to work so much. And, that, that, mm. and I actually was to the point of near tears when I was trying to edit... Um, it was the very first Destructoid panel I was ever on in, at PAX. Yeah. And I was trying to edit a music video together. And by the end of it, like it, it, it had inserted so many... <laughs> artifacts and glitches <laughs> and weird visual things that I was like yeah. like almost sobbing but it, but anyway wow. the point is yeah. is is Vegas was Vegas working. kind of broken <laughs> Vegas was working shit. just fine right I I yeah. gotten the 
the latest uh, versions trial, and I was on the trial, and well, you know, used it for a month. Um, I'd used other versions before, and I was using this. I was like, this is working out just fine. Not had any problems. Not had any errors. Getting all the jimquisitions out and all that stuff. Bought it. Plonked down the cash. Bought it. The very next video I tried to put out crashed Vegas, and then the problems just happened. It's it really it really does make you not want to fucking support uh, these programs. Yeah, I had I I am again in the camp where I'm I'm just trialing Vegas right now. I promise I'm just trialing it. It's just just to see if it's right for me, obviously. And I had this problem before um, going away at the weekend. Um, I had like one last video that I was like, right, I want to get this edited and exported so I can set it up loading overnight and I can put this up while I'm away. And it was a two and a half hour long entire Let's Play of Life is Strange episode four. It gets to 99 fucking percent exported. And then it's just like, nope. And it it broke. And it's like, oh, that's a two and a half hour video. I have to re-export. That sounds like Vegas, all right. Vegas is is also terrible at using memory, I find. It's like, if you have more than like 10 clips in your video, it, it can't play them. I mean, it sticks and it stutters and it gets freezes and it's just, oh, no. Yeah, I just there's, have to there's, again, as that. I also discovered on this two and a half hour long video. <laughs> the, latest, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the latest trick my copy does, um, has, has been pulling. Like, it's just like doing this like two or three weeks ago is I record my audio set when I'm, when I'm doing video game stuff. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm either using Shadowplay or Bandicam to um, get the, uh, the actual gameplay footage. And I'm, I'm using a different audio recording software to record the, the voice. And Vegas's newest trick is once I've saved both all of the files, I'll put the video in Vegas, um, do whatever post I need to do on my audio uh, to get it not high quality, but, but vaguely listenable. Um, <laughs> save all that up. Then I export the audio file to Vegas. But Vegas decides it only wants to listen to half... Now, I can't blame Vegas for only wanting to listen to half of my voice. <laughs> but it, it's like, it cuts Which the audio half? halfway I mean, through. Like it, it gets... I mean, the low-frequency half is already missing, Jim, so what's the other half? <laughs> well, what I mean is, like, it gets... It, it only exports half the file. So it gets, like, halfway through the video well. and just mutes the rest. Now, oh, well. I don't blame Vegas for listening to me and going, oh, I can't stand listening to this shit. And just, like, stops. Like, look, Jim, I'm going to save you from yourself, mate. No one needs to hear you banging on about D&D. Just shut up. But I have to, like, close Vegas and re- sometimes re- it- different solutions because, mm. of course, computers. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I have to save the audio file under a different name to get it to load in full. Sometimes i just got to close Vegas and reopen it to get it to load in full. Like, it's different. And knowing how these things go, these solutions are going to, like, cancel out one by one like a serial yeah. killer's picking them off It'll until there's no fix left. And then something yeah. else will break. Like, I reckon every computer has a little Jason Voorhees that runs around it, axing off solutions. <laughs> yeah. Until and then there's, to. like... Then you have to, like, also deal with, like, DRM and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. music software DRM is so unbelievably stupid. Like, there's some of them, you have three different levels. You have to make an account on a website, make another account to buy a USB you have to put all your stuff onto, then make an account on the USB site, get sent the USB, plug it into your computer then upload all the fucking passcodes from your <laughs> software onto the USB, then email them back on their website, log back in, and then you can use your thing you spent fucking 600 yeah. quid on. 
How is that discouraging piracy? Because that made me never want to buy another fucking piece of shit product from that it's, it's, company It's the again. same version. It's the version of that legitimate thing that printers have done for years, which is that they have a set number of pages after which they're like, right, we have printed this number of pages. We are going to alter the software so that errors start happening. That is a legitimate thing for about <laughs> a decade that printers did. They had a set number of pages they would print before they just started Printers themselves are up. the embodiment of evil. <laughs> yes, they are. And now it's just breaking into everything. It's like, oh, you've spent 200 hours on this software you purchased. Yep. Time for us to start slowly breaking it. Yeah, the idea of yep. planned obsolescence and all this kind of shit is just, it's, it's so disgusting. And, and mm. people wonder why I get leery when they want video games to become services and all this shit. I'm like, mm, no, thank you. Um, but, but that was, just for everyone keeping score at home, the first mention of video games on the episode. I thought we'd better just sneak it in. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we probably should talk about yeah, it at yeah. some point. Like, basically, we just spent the last 18 minutes explaining to the listeners why sometimes podquisition doesn't sound very good. We don't yeah. have a similar excuse for the quality of our actual discussion topics and, no. and ourselves. Sometimes we just don't work very good. Yeah, sometimes like like we are just... We're, we're as faulty and shoddy as Sony Vegas can be. Uh, mm. we, we are the Sony Vegas of people. So apologies <laughs> for that. Uh, it, it sucks, but but hey, how about Konami, right? What a bunch of shitheads they are. What did they do now? Didn't they do something else this week that pissed everyone off? Well, Nikkei, um, the the people, I forget what Nikkei do, analysts or study people, uh, the, the people what look at stuff. Uh, in Japan, found um, did like studies and research on Konami's working environment, and found out that they're oh, a yeah. bunch of pricks. What a big surprise! <laughs> Who could ever I'm have guessed shocked. that they were pricks? Oh, I'm no. shocked. I mean, and Konami was engendering such such positive reaction from fans already after releasing the Castlevania Pachinko trailer, uh, disp- promising erotic violence. Oh god! They, they don't worry though. They have a new Silent Hill game coming, oh, yes. which is also a pachinko game. Yay! Which you know what makes me laugh is they already drew a load of heat for the Castlevania one because it had women with their assholes hanging out and giant tits, and, the, and it was going you know erotic violence. And then they do the Silent Hill one. It's like no one would have blinked an eye if you'd have put the tagline erotic violence in the Silent Hill one, but the Silent Hill one has no tagline. Yeah. Fucking uh, Konami are Konami are the worst. I right, fuck Konami. That, that pretty much sums up a lot of Silent Hill too, doesn't it? Yeah. Erotic violence. Yeah, but they decided oh, that's the theme for the new Castlevania Pachinko machine. <laughs> we wow. we did get a ton of people when we asked for questions this week saying, "Can you ask Jim for us? Can we get a fuck Konami shirt?" Oh yeah, there is um, Charles Jacobs. I think it was Charles <laughs> Jacobson um, sent me a mock-up that they did uh, that features the hashtag <laughs> that I'm really trying to push as a popular thing, yeah. which is hashtag F-U-C-K-O-N-A-M-I. So it's fuck Konami in one thing. And he actually did like a, a tweet, a Twitter bird with my glasses and suit. Uh, yes, I a, saw yeah, this today with a it red looks, speech bubble uh, that looks like the Konami logo with hashtag #fuckonami on it, and it looks really nice. And, and I, <laughs> I'm tempted to get David North to like because he only mocked it up, but I'm tempted to get David North or someone to do a an, an actual version. I, I need to talk to Shark Robot about the legality of that. Um, I spoke yeah, to that my could lawyer. Be a dodgy one. <laughs> I spoke to my lawyer. My lawyer is brilliant because he said to me, "Well, it's only a problem if Konami see it." 
And I'm like, well, that's that's not very helpful. <laughs> it was basically, yeah. his, it really was. This is a problem. Like, you could probably get away with it until Konami decides you, know you can't what, get away someone, with it. Someone's going to see it because given how many people are so eager to fucking tell Ubisoft that I hate them. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the number of people I've on, seen by you the way, block this They're going to yeah. tell Konami. And by okay, the way... We- just so the listeners know, I've started blocking people now who do that because I asked nicely enough times, and I, I'm the least, I'm the least block happy person ever. My block list on Twitter is like seven people, but it's it's going to increase if people keep tagging me in that joke. Sorry. Well, here's here's the thing, Gavin. I don't blame you for blocking them because who wants to be followed on Twitter by someone who cooks a piece of poo? in the oven, eats it with a knife and fork in front of their family. Who wants to be followed by people that like law, that? That law is mm. still in place, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> the, the law is still in place. And if you do that, then then we're all going to yeah. block you because why would we want to be friends with someone who does that? That's just fucking gross. You are a cooker and eater of poo. If you, if just, you just to remind you, you are a cooker Gavin and eater of poo and we don't Ubisoft. like cookers and eaters of poo. No. no. Um, but fuck Konami is really the overall message of this. Um, yes. Yes, yes. But... <laughs> I am looking into the Fuck Konami shirt. Um, I'm probably going to do a little bit of pre-roll on today's episode talking about the shirts and all this stuff, so I won't bang on about it here. Um, but if I forget, then shirt, Gymquisition shirts are a real thing now. You can go check them out on Shark Robot. But to the topic at hand, uh, basically uh, the results found that Konami um, are just terrible employers. Like They treat their, their staff like dirt. Uh, they have security cameras all over the halls and things, <laughs> not for actual security, but to track uh, corporate, like like employee movements. Uh, they they survey. Are, are you sure it's not just to make sure that they're not masturbating in the cubicles like a certain someone? I did is, is this down to you? Of... Did 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 they hear the podquisition last week and go, "Oh fuck, people are masturbating in cubicles. We better put cameras everywhere." I know yeah, we don't we don't want them masturbating to our erotic violence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which is ironic because Konami themselves are the biggest wankers in Japan. Ha ha. Ho. <laughs> but um, ha. Um, but yeah, so they they basically watch their employees like a hawk. Uh, they I think there was one like if they have um, like lunch breaks are really heavily monitored. Um, they don't want you leaving company premises without good explanations. All that shit. Some of the worst stuff is they take they if developers have outlived their usefulness. Like they, they really do sound like they sound like some sort of fucking comic book overlord. Mm. Uh, so basically, Konami treats the only people Konami treats with more contempt than its audience is Konami. Yes, yes, <laughs> they, it truly is self-loathing. Um, but yeah, like any developers who are deemed no longer useful, and and I'm talking like actual software developers, programmers, people with very distinct skill sets. Uh, mm-hmm. These people get bumped down to toilet duty jobs, menial security guard what? jobs, or working in the pachinko uh, machine factories. Uh, oh, and they're talking about, like, like no names are named, but they're talking, like, veteran developers who have shipped big-name games. If mm. Konami decides you no longer serve them uh, in, in your capacity as developer, they will give you humiliating yeah. jobs, which is already is punishments as well. Yeah. The more I read about this, the more that I imagine that, like... Kojima might actually be like living out the end of his contract at Konami, scrubbing a toilet. Like that's a legitimate thing that could maybe be happening there. Yeah, I mean, I, I read. I mean, the current rumor, of course, is that once Metal Gear Solid Five ships, they are going to officially part ways. And from what I've heard, like, like mm. I, I, I am so happy. Like, there, there's a guy I know who used to work at Konami. Um, 
and I was never happier for him uh, when I found out he was leaving. Because I mean, he wasn't <laughs> even working in the Japan side, but he, the way the way he was thrown under the bus, the way he was done mm. dirty by that company is disgusting. It's why I'm not shocked by a single damn fucking thing I've heard in this report. You know, it's, Konami... it's it's weird that it, it's not uncommon in. From what I've heard from people who work in a lot of different developers and publishers, it's not uncommon for devs to be completely treated like shit in Western uh, companies as well. Like, not not to that extent, but... The, the stories I've heard from, like, even just people as far down as, like, Konami's, um, like, testing... I have heard some people in, in QA testing that have had some nightmare stories about that company that you don't get with other companies because... Yeah, yeah it's like... Because yeah. Konami is Konami and Konami is the worst. It's like even in an industry where it's hard to get you know <coughs> companies that respect their workers where horror stories about bad, bad bosses are so common, even in that world, Konami is still like in the basement. It'd like, be interesting to worst. know um, what it violates in Japanese law, actually, if that is the case. Like, what kind of rights do workers have in Japan? I pr- would presume they're quite strict with workers' rights, considering what an amazingly productive com- uh, country they are like, regarding tech mm. and all that kind of thing. I don't know. I, the only thing that I'm like trying to s- scratch my brain and think about now, at what point did we stop having Ubisoft as our most hated company on the show and move to <laughs> Konami? When did that happen? Because you, if you asked me at like episode fifteen of this show, which show, which developer are we going to have a shirt that literally says "fuck them"? I'd have said Ubisoft. <laughs> I thought we'd have had the "fuck Ubisoft" shirt before the "fuck Konami" shirt. Well, um, so in fairness, Konami mm. had been keeping its head down when we started this sh- show. But, mm. I mean, obviously, I'd been blacklisted by them a few years beforehand. Uh, they have always been, like, number... Like, I guess for about three or four years, they have been number one on my shit list. It's just Konami being increasingly irrelevant. It didn't really come up. And Ubisoft sort of... I mean, we started the show around, like, November. Round about then, November, December. Uh, and that's when Ubisoft's at peak Ubisoft, because that's when they're, you know, they're bringing out their big AAA stuff, so that's when they all their bug-ridden bullshit happens. Um, so it was really a seasonal thing. Whereas Konami, you know, Konami crops up, because, again, Konami is so irrelevant, Konami crops up when all the other companies are on downtime during the summer lull and everything. Then everyone sits back and goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Konami, I remember them yeah, bunch of fucking forgot, shit. we forgot about those arseholes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit sad, because Konami used to be a word that filled me with joy. <laughs> mm, yeah. They have produced you know? some franchises that ha- that like I really love, but mm. it's just a shame to see, like... They have created some of this, the franchises I have loved most in this industry and then completely ignored the things that made those franchises special and just mm. thrown those, you know, thrown those series slowly off of cliffs one by yeah. one. This is what I tried to explain to their PR guy, like like back when back when me and, and, and them were kind of a at their at fever pitch, I guess, with regards to us being at loggerheads. I tried to explain to them, look, I'm not doing this I'm not doing this for my own fucking fun. I'm not doing this because I enjoy shitting on companies. I'm, I'm doing this because I fucking love the, the stuff you've made. And I give a shit. I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't be talking about this stuff if I didn't give a shit. You know, Metal Gear Solid was a game that... that one of the most formative experiences of my 
own personal life as a, as a coverer of games. Uh, it was one of the ones that demonstrated to me that video games could be more than, than you know, just, just entertainment and they could... Uh, you know, really ha be artistic and really say something. Uh, and Silent Hill, of course, is 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 my favourite horror series, and possibly across all of entertainment. Uh, Silent Hill Two is my favourite game of all time. Uh, it informs a lot of what I believe about horror games and how they should be, and or, or, or not how they should be, or how they could be, and how brilliant they they how brilliant they should aim to be. Um, and 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 I give I care so much about those games, and it just saddens and, and sickens me to mm. see the way Konami treats the makers of those games, the games themselves, uh, and and looking back over the years, the dissolution of Team Silent, the way they've been shopping off Silent Hill to various uh, uh, developers who don't seem to know what they're doing, uh, the stuff with Kojima, the stuff they do with voice actors, uh, like like the pieces have put been put together for me for years and while I'm upset for the people who work there uh, nothing has made me happier than the recent the recent fact that the world is finally seeing Konami <laughs> yeah. for what it is you know whereas before I was kind of the one person pointing at them and going those guys are shit like everyone else now has kind of really mm. joined in with it and, and I could not be I well. nothing makes me feel more vindicated <laughs> than the recent turnabout with, with yeah. public opinion on Konami. Well, you, you you mentioned them being shit to voice actors. They, they're not the company that's been the shittest to voice actors this week. Are you all aware of what's happened to Peter Dinklage this week? Yes. yes. He, he has been retroactively removed from Destiny because I don't... he's being replaced with Nolan North. <laughs> I mean, I can understand it. It just, it just wasn't... He... He probably just got himself in somewhere where he just had no experience and didn't know really how to deliver those lines. And it doesn't mean he's a bad actor, but it just wasn't the right role. I didn't even get the impression that that was the problem. It was he had a shitty director on that project. And mm. like rather than like getting him back in to re-record the lines with a better director, they're like... Oh, it's his fault, and they're replacing mm. him with Nolan North in the maybe, DLC. Maybe he and didn't want to come back and do more. That was my Quite theory. Yeah. Like, because actually, judging judging by yeah. what they're saying about Destiny, it's getting a whole lot of new content, yeah. and it's actually getting a story. So they're going to yeah. want a whole lot of new content for Ghost to they say, and they ghosts. just want to keep it consistent. Yeah, and that's kind of what they were saying, is that they were getting Nolan North in to do the additional lines for this DLC, and they're like, well... We should probably, you know, if there are new people going into Destiny today, we should probably have consistency of the character within the project. Therefore, out you go, Peter Dinklage. Sorry about that. Yeah, Fuck it's, you. It, it really, um, I, I doubt it has anything to do, because whether he's good or bad, like, he's a name, and they probably mm. spent a, a pretty penny on him. So mm. I really would be surprised if it was just... Oh, I mean, he's to a be bit fair, rubbish. It, we it, don't want him anymore. It would be pretty difficult to make that wizard came from the moon sound good in any for yeah. any voice actor. Yeah, I mean, that wizard came from the moon. <laughs> I mean, like, there you like, go. That's, there's there's your new voice acting. I will do your voice acting for Ghost. We've awakened the hive. Yeah. Um, we have awakened the hive. Yeah, Dinklage wasn't very good, but then the script was awful as well. And what do you want about? There were some class A lines right there. <laughs> I could tell you. The story. I could tell you about the big war, 
But I won't. Yeah, what really <laughs> pissed me off was the fact that every... I hate games that do this in the story where all the characters are really inve- interested and involved and give me no reason to give a shit. It's like the way Ghost talks sometimes, like where he's so into this, and I'm like, am I, am I supposed to be feeling the same things you're feeling, or am I just your fucking cameraman? Even uh, if it gave you some like context cameraman. to what you're like saving or protecting, like I remember in Destiny so many times looking down at that big city skybox going, man, I'd love to know anything about that. Just, or like be uh, it in it and nice see it. Walk, yeah, just walk down a street and see what the yeah. street is like, and be like, just oh, give me one street know. to see what yeah. I'm fighting for. I have some context for the world I'm saving. Like I've just been replaying through Beyond Good and Evil. Hashtag <clears> where <throat> the fuck is Beyond Good and Evil Two? Ubisoft, and like that you have one little town that you can walk through, and there's like twelve NPCs. That is enough to extrapolate. Like oh, oh yeah. this is the world I'm trying to save. Like here yeah. is six different types of npc and they fit so much into that little world yeah like that's the thing you don't need much you just need like you know they have their big hub world make that somewhere that has some npcs and some store vendors and some that looks like hey while you're in this like central hub there's also a bit of a town going Mm. on yeah but don't you understand you unlock links to websites and you can look at the website pages to learn about the game story because that 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 is how you integrate a narrative I think it's sadly demonstrative of the attitude with which Destiny was built, as in, it's a grinding game, yeah. and mm. the story and everything is just a backdrop for the grinding. It's you the know? bare minimum of an excuse to get yeah. you into the game. and Which is a pity, because it's mechanically a really fun game. And it's yeah. apparently been a huge success, because the news that came out today... Two billion hours of Destiny have been played. Yeah. T-Plane got no taste, they're shit munchers. Yeah, but people um, yeah. play, you know, two billion hours of Flappy Bird as well, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, one question I wanted to ask, because I saw this come up with the talking about Dinklage, um, mm. is, is a, again, bringing this back to Konami, because fuck Konami, um, a similar topic that we had when we talked about PT, uh, which is Erasure, mm. uh, and... And whether or not, you know, the archiving of this stuff is valuable and, well, and whether or not this is an alarming trend or not that, that Nolan North's being, well, like, replacing this, him. This doesn't worry me too much because you can buy a physical copy of Destiny today and even if you buy a physical, like, not the Taken King version but the original version of Destiny, if you buy a physical copy of that, like, six months from now, it will still have Peter Dinklage's VO so long as you don't uplo- uh, update it. And if you delete if you delete the content update, you'll still have Dinklage. So the nature of Destiny is that it's constantly changing, anyways. Yeah, like it doesn't concern. This change doesn't concern me so much about archival, just because you can keep a physical copy of this game that, when used, will still have that original content. It is still a sucky thing for archival, but it's not as much of a problem as PT was because that didn't have a physical version yeah. that you could archive. But yeah. it is still like. I still think that this does dem- like this does add to that demonstration of archival of video games is a fucking big thing that we are really not thinking about well enough and we're going to have some big fucking problems in the next decade if we don't find the, solutions to it. Yeah, I especially think with the, the nature of the way um, games are going nowadays with patches and stuff. I mean, even like with a couple of the games this year, like Witcher 3 got a huge patch a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and it's quite a different game to when it was launched yeah. now in, it's in, like you, in a better you, way. You can play, like, let's say Destiny, you could archive easily the unpatched version of the game on disc, or the Mm. most recent patched version of the game on disc, 
but to play like, hey, this version in the middle, if there was something specific that you might want to archive in that middle version. There is no way on consoles to do that, really. To select, mm. uh, no, I don't want to upgrade, uh, uh, like patch it the whole way through. I just want to go to that patch where that was the state it was in. And yeah, these these are interesting conversations that, again, I don't think any of us on this show probably are, like, we would be rich if we were the people that had the solution to this problem. But yeah. someone needs a bloody solution to this problem because otherwise mm. we're going to start getting gaps in our history of this medium in terms of archival and that's going to be a big problem for future developers and future critics is it really not i mean for for mmos though is it not just an intrinsic part of them i mean isn't world of warcraft be. completely I mean, a different game than when I that mean, came out you part know? Of the issue why archival is such a tricky subject in games is that it is different from you know books and, and films and tvs yeah and all this they're kind not of stuff. static media they do change mm. a lot um at the same time it also basically especially with online uh, influence now, it gives every developer the chance to be George Lucas and do what he did with all the, the, the million yeah. special editions of Star Wars. Um, so where it's like, you know, it's great that they have that power and it's, it's obviously a, a, an example of the, mm. the, the way that video games are unique. Uh, but can there be too much power? Uh, yeah. We don't know. I mean, Well, I mean, it's like, hey, you say someone hey man Blade Runner is such a good movie it's like which one because there's like yeah. 17 of them yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's it's an interesting thing and it's it's difficult because I understand the consumer facing reasons that this is a positive for consumers like the the idea of the constantly updating gamers service as long as it you know the original release is in a good state but it is going to cause this really weird problem where like you look at the first 20 years of this medium you mention a video game like, you know what someone's experience with that was on that console because you can find a copy of it and experience it as they did. And that is becoming less and less the case. And it's a good, like, it's a good sh- it's a good short-term consumer move, but long-term it's going to cause problems. It's a very, um, it, it's an incredibly complicated situation. And, and I'm someone who generally respects an artist's decision to change what they want. Uh, so, mm. you know, I'm not... Again, with the it's this with the Dinklage situation, I'm pretty much on board with you. Where isolated, it it doesn't bother me at all, especially because Dinklage was shit. Although I do wish that <laughs> the industry would think of more than three fucking voice actors in the world than mm. Troy Baker and Steve Bloom and Nolan North. It's like you got rid of Peter Dinklage, who was an, a new additional voice to video games, and replaced him with one of the three. It's like yeah, yeah. of course you fucking did. But. On, on its own, I'm not too bothered by it, and, and you know, I don't even like Destiny, so whatever they can do, do what they want. I can with understand it, the desire to do it, though. You know, yeah. I've, I've done yeah. it, man. I've gone back to old songs and re recorded them when I've gotten better gear to record yeah, them. I don't think with there's a problem with that, uh, but it, <laughs> I, I do think it opens up the conversation to just it's something mm. we need to be mindful of in the okay, isolated I, you know, instances aren't bad, but it's there funny could be a in, 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 in music, there's generally a bad reaction to it. Like, I don't know if you guys ever listened to Megadeth, but he went back and re remixed all of his old albums. Now, I'm not talking remastering, I'm talking he got the individual actual bass uh, recordings and remixed them, which means changing all the levels and stuff of the guitars. And he re-recorded some bits and he replaced some vocals and fans hated it. Like it, they really in hated any, it. In any media it's hated when it happens in many regards. It's, it's weird. Like no individual case of going back and changing something 
is a big problem, really. Like, there are some problem cases, but usually it's like, mm. okay, that one instance isn't a problem. If there's a good justification and it makes something though, better, though, sure. Though Metallica, it, Metallica, if you're listening to this, I certainly won't <laughs> complain if you go back and re-record Saint Anger. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's, it's when you've got lots, of, like, increasingly more and more of these examples popping up within a medium that it you need to start having that conversation. Because it's not mm. a problem right now, but... Five to ten years from now, it's going to start being be. a problem if we go this direction. Yeah, yeah so, like when Konami again. Hello, Konami. Hello, um, Konami. Did their You're Silent Hill? Today. <laughs> they did their Silent Hill HD collection and didn't want to pay uh, Guy Sihi for his original work as James Sunderland, and their new recordings were fucking shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not like it's not like the other like Guy Sihi and, and the other voice actors in the original Silent Hill 2 were particularly brilliant but we they were ours damn it um, so yeah like it, it is this issue of, of is it erasure or is it a change for the better it's very much a case by case situation and something mm, yeah. we should be something we should be wary of mindful and of and it's yes. sometimes not one or the other it's sometimes both it can be both yeah it certainly can uh, erasure might not be a bad thing if it you know if it, it if it is something like taking yeah. out something that was shit and just pretending it didn't I mean, happen if they and replacing if they it with something if, good. If, if Wheatus hadn't covered um, just a little respect, they'd still have all the respect. <laughs> well, like, interesting thing that's probably worth bringing up while we're doing this whole discussion of um, sort of archival and stuff. No um, one got the erasure I, joke there. God damn it. Um, I, I don't know if anyone, if any of you saw this uh, this last week or so, but someone has done a really good job of painstakingly remaking PC, uh, PT in Unity. Oh, I did um, a video on oh, it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really bloody good. Like they went to the extent of like going through and finding the quietest section of the co- corridor in PT in order to take footsteps with as little background noise as possible to isolate and use as the footsteps in theirs. Like they wow. have gone to a lot of detail to very well recreate that original experience. It's impressive They've, as hell. It is a very impressive job of okay, I have a copy of this game. I will rebuild this in a different engine on a different platform so that we can archive yeah. as close as wow. possible the now, experience. They now, didn't, they didn't remake the game, per se. They basically reconstructed the environment in order to yeah. get environments to change. Yeah. You, they don't have the looping doorways. You have to just walk back and forth through the corridor. And it's mm. uh, it's only a short demo, basically a proof of concept more than And it's else. a really solid proof of concept that, oh, yeah. Konami ha- like, that Konami have not clamped down on it yet. Not yet. Um, um, I'm so... Like, this is the thing that I always say about people who do these remake projects is keep it, like, private and secret as long as you can. <laughs> keep it because secret, once keep it's, it safe. Yeah, because once it's out, they can't stop you. They can tell you to take it down, but it will forever exist on the internet, thanks to you. But Thes just seem to be um, acting quite supportive, though, towards the modders who are remaking um, Morrowind and Oblivion. There's a big difference between Bethesda and Konami and the word yeah. pricks is involved in well, that description Konami, of what the difference I think the, is. I think the difference is Konami, we have actively seen them try and erase the existence of this video game from the world yeah. and yeah. now someone is trying to go against what but Konami then, tried to do. In fairness, and, and I'm, you know, I, I will give the devil its due, um... They haven't tried, They and I thought they would have, but they've not been mm. hitting anyone who did PT yeah. videos I, with copyright strikes on YouTube or anything I like that. I did think that PT videos and this remake would both have yeah. been going down, and neither one, like, news stories happened about this PT remake, and Konami haven't said a word, and that's... 
Yeah. Oddly pleasant. Like, I really hope that this particular project continues because, like, they have put a lot of work into it and it's showing up really nicely. Yeah. People, go help him finish that. But uh, I would say, given Konami's one attempt to wield the copyright hammer, um, they might. It's probably in their best interest that they don't fuck about. Um, Because I'm not sure if anyone heard about this, but when uh, Super Bunny Hop did a YouTube video explaining YouTube's mm. legal problems, uh, Konami hit it with a very dubious takedown strike and made themselves look fucking. uh, I was going to say fucking stupid. I mean fucking stupider than Konami normally Mm. fucking looks. my favourite part of that is the entire Super Bunny Hop thing happened while he was on a flight. So he was on a plane while it got taken down and then it was back up before he landed. And he landed after this like 12 hour flight being like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Um, but It's like, oh, apparently I am now the bastion of anti-Konami. But the, um, the takeaway from that is that, I mean, Konami's very incompetent anyway. I mean, even a year after they had blacklisted me, they were still spamming my inbox with fucking press releases. Um, and it's, it's quite possible they, even with the news reports, they don't even know that the Unity PT remake exists. <laughs> or, it's entirely possible. <laughs> or they are so committed to erasing um, the memory of Kojima that... Their their brains actively black out when confronted with the existence of PT. Like, yeah, it is like, possible hey, they what? don't know See? that. I mean, when you consider like how clueless even Nintendo have been to the way Western games media works, it's very possible Konami well, don't know. You, you say that, but like all of the recent like Mario HD and Kirby HD um, projects that have been people have been making in Unreal, those have been pulled within twenty four hours of being announced. Like, oh. <laughs> Nintendo's pretty good at being on top of, oh, someone used our assets to make an HD video game thing on PC. That's clamping. We're clamping down on that. So, yeah, it, it's weird. Um, yeah, we've just spent 40 minutes actually talking about serious stuff and not about, like, shit or anything. That's good. We've, yeah, today good. is a grown-up episode. Variety is... is I mean, after last week, I think we needed a bit of a calm down. <laughs> but I, I only have, like, one not grown-up... St- Thing, and it's not a video game thing, but it's on my fucking Facebook and I have to mention it. Kotaku have run a story today that the, the headline is just Enter a Huge Butthole in Japan. And there is a picture of a small anime child on a, on a wall and there is an inflatable butt that you have to force. And there's just someone pushing their way between the cheeks to get inside this giant inflatable butt on the high street. Oh. Um, as Did Brian Crescenti under- write that? Uh, not Brian Crescenti. What's the other one? Brian, Brian Ashcroft. Ashcroft. Did he write yes, the Yes, Brian Ashcroft yeah, of wrote this. Yeah. Of course he did. Of course he did, because someone else at Kotaku wrote about butts. Um, but, yeah, it's a thing about learning about prostate cancer or something, where you learn about butts by climbing inside a giant inflatable butthole. Oh, good. So, there you go. We brought the... <laughs> Tone down suitably, hooray. And alternatively, if you want to enter a giant butthole in Japan, uh, just ask if anyone from Konami would like to be sexed. <laughs> I was wondering what word you were going to use there, but no, sexed. That yeah. Is, that is a serviceable I, word for that sentence. I basically got as far as mentioning Konami, realising that I had a great joke on my hands, and then stumbled at the finish line because I didn't <laughs> realise how to put the concept in my head into a good sentence. That's uh, all so, right. So I ruined that joke, and I would like to apologise for that. Um, 
but in about a year's time, I'm going to go back and edit this and erase all of that, uh, so that there's no archive of me fucking that joke up, and I'm going to get Nolan well, North if to re-record w- all my lines. <laughs> well, if you want to, if you want to do that now, like, why wait a year? I can, I can, you know, get rid of the archive of this now. We'll just, I will dub you in with me doing a Jim Sterling impression. It'll be great. <laughs> I feel Apparently, like in the spirit I'm, of the game industry, we should release the original first and then change it uh, just to upset okay. everyone. I, I I will have to say, someone has pointed out it's a bit of a running gag for listeners apparently now that I repeatedly will say during episodes, I will joke about editing things out, then not edit those things out. Like I that is a thing good. that happens. It happens most episodes now. I'll be like, yeah, I'll edit that out. And I don't edit it out because fuck that. That's... You know, that's that's the line. I, I'll do six hours of editing, but I won't edit out things I've actually said I'll edit out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, the, the only I mean, things that we ever edit out anyway are things that could be really, really offensive by accident. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let, let's... Well, that, that I'm going to edit out. <laughs> if, if Laura didn't do edits, this show would be like, I would say, 200% more racist. So I really am joking. It's not. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not. It's not racist as well. Speaking like of... That. Racism. Are we going to talk about the the Mafia Three trailer and the should, should reaction to it? Should we very quickly it? say that? Um, yeah. Oh so yeah. Mafia, if, I just want to quickly say, uh, if you're complaining that SJWs ruined Mafia, like I saw posited on YouTube today, <laughs> um, you're a fucking idiot. I think that's that's more or less my contribution to the topic. Sorry, Laura. Continue. Yeah. That the whole point was just. There's a Mafia 3 trailer. You play as a black Vietnam War veteran in 1960s uh, New Orleans. And as has been pointed out, going on the YouTube comments for that trailer is a stupid thing to do. Because, like, listeners, you don't have to look at those comments. Just picture right now those comments. Just don't read the comments. Yeah, those, those comments are exactly what you're picturing the bad case comments to be. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Just Im- just imagine a whole bunch of white teenage boys crying into their sleeves. But and, how and can that's I be a badass mafia man if I'm black? Yeah. How that... can I do it? Which and... is doubly silly because Vito's in the trailer, so you know, if there's yeah. obviously they've written it into the story that there's a connection and it makes sense, and I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's just silly to that, judge things before but, you play them. But, but Gavin, the game that we've not played, what if it ruined it with the social justice warrior agenda? What about Mars historical accuracy that I learned from watching mafia films? <laughs> Anyway, that's probably as much as that needs. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward Ma- to it though. I'll Mafia say that Three looks yeah. like I wasn't looking forward to Mafia Three. I saw that trailer. I was like, that trailer looks fucking cool. I like I that it's set. Video game. I like it's set in New Orleans. I, yeah, I said on Twitter today, right? I'm thrilled that the video game industry has learned that there is more than just New York to set your game in if well, you no, want a US city. There's there's also Washington DC if you want one. <laughs> it can also be set in Washington. But no, I'm so glad that it's like, yeah, we've discovered there's more than three towns in North America. Yeah, like it, it really, it's, it's nice to see that. Obviously, we've got Boston with Fallout 4 uh, and, and New Orleans. Cause I've lived near New Orleans. I've been there a couple of times. They've got a shop with a gremlin in it that they won't sell to anyone. <laughs> Why won't they sell it to anyone? I don't know. They, they, I, it was fucking, it was Mohawk from Gremlins 2. They had like a life-size statue of him. The foot was broken, but I was like, that don't... That if there's if there's a good price on that, I'll buy a footless uh, gremlin. Uh, went in there and asked like how much, and they said, "Oh, it's just for display." I'm like, "Don't you? Don't, if you are a shop and you put a gremlin in your window, right? 
that is not for display. You will sell it or you are a bad human being. Don't you fucking put gremlins in your shop window. I want them. Can can we, like, organise some kind of um, mafia-style raid in order to steal the moblin? I don't know. I don't know if we're allowed in the mafia. I will have to ask YouTube commenters because they're okay. the authority okay. on well, we're, we 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 are white, so we we might be okay in the mafia. Yeah, well, we certainly won't get people whining about it. Yeah, we'll just put on a ah, I'm from I'm from Italy pizza, <clears throat> and they'll be like, oh yeah, that that checks out. So, like I said, uh, if we didn't edit the show, <laughs> it'd be way more racist. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Where do we want to go this week from there? Um, I I might very quickly say uh, thank you to everyone who I bumped into at CoxCon this last weekend. Um, some people on f- on the Jimquisition Facebook jokingly suggested I should go, and then some other people were like, "Oh, I'm yeah, come along." And I then found myself there. That I met like two hundred and fifty people who listened to the Podquisition. So, oh fuck, that was weird. Yay, Podquisition people, you're all lovely. I was very proud. I saw all the photos and saw all the the comments and everything, and I was just kind of beaming with joy, just grinning, looking at everything. <laughs> this, it looked fantastic. This, this this was my first moment going somewhere and realizing, oh fuck, there's a lot of people. Like a quarter of the people in this in this building right now are aware of this silly fucking weird show I do so <laughs> that was weird when it's like oh yeah of a thousand people like 250 of them are like oh yeah I really love Podquisition it was really great when you talked about shitting yourself I'm like oh thanks guys that's great <laughs> so um, someone gave me a bottle of black pepper ale that I poured and I have been planning to drink during this recording I'm just looking at it um, it's got like actual black pepper in it and it just looks like there's a load of dead it like tiny dead insects in the head of my beer. Brilliant. And I I don't want to drink the thing. I've been staring at it since we started recording and it's just like yeah that looks like a ton of like little tiny mayflies just dead in my beer. You should drink the mayfly beer. Should I drink the fucking mayfly yeah, beer? Yeah, drink, drink the gross mayfly beer. Uh, fine. Oh, that sounded good. Um, good for what ails you? It's, it's not a bad, like, just, like, oaky ale. Um, sort of like an earthy, oaky ale. But um, I swallowed pepper, and that that's not fun. <laughs> this would have been quite a nice drink if not for the mouthful of pepper I just ate. Brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's black pepper ale that won... A gold award in some ale contest, and fuck whoever gave it a gold award because drinking a mouthful of pepper is. Well, that's fun. how you—that's how you get awards for drinks. You just put shit in them. That, well, that's, like, as, that's as far as I can tell. Like you just find bits of sh- any old random shit. You're just like here's some grass in a in a wine. Here we are. Yeah. It is exotic. So yeah, I like I mixed the pepper in, and it all still found its way into the head of the the foam. And I'm pretty sure I ate the whole pack of pepper in that one gulp no <laughs> video games what what do we have <laughs> what um, do we want to talk about i don't know what things I, we got i what have i played what have i done what's going on um, um oh shit uh, we, uh. we had the we had the news that red ash um failed to meet its kickstarter aim which i'm ridiculously happy about because i was just when the red ash kickstarter got announced i was like 
fuck these guys for asking for more money before Mighty Number no. 9's out. Um, and that turned out to be a really valid thing to think because Mighty Number no. 9 has just been pushed back to next bloody year. Yeah, it's been pushed it's... back by about four months. So it's like, okay, I'm glad I didn't give you more money because you can't actually put a product out when promised. Um, so, yeah, I love Mega Man Legends. I didn't even bother looking at Red Ash because I was like, I don't want to like this because I'm not giving it money. And, yeah, it failed to meet its Kickstarter yeah. Inafune really, he he was just, he was seeing how far he could push this, and, and the answer from the world was, not very far. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just so proud that the internet did the same thing that I did, where they're like, we like this, but we're not going to give it money. Yeah. And it's still going to exist, as we all knew it would, because the second they realised they weren't going to pass, they were like, oh... Traditional publisher, will you publish our game? And the publisher was like, yeah, we'll pay for it. And let's face it, they they were in talks long before we ever saw the announcement. Yeah. Let's let's be perfectly candid. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I did. This was the subject of this week's Jimquisition, uh, Red mm. Ashes, uh, where I discussed all this. I mean, there wasn't too much for me to add, but obviously people... It's like the, the one that's going to come up on Monday, uh, which will be all about... Can you guess what company? Uh, I'm gonna oh, have, I wonder! Yeah, I'm going to have nothing new to say, but everyone's like angrily demanding I do it. Like, it better be about them this week. I'm like, <laughs> normally I try and bring something fresh to the table, but no, Monday's really just going to be preaching to the choir you, you've time. You've got to pander once in a while. Yeah, so with the Red Ash thing, again, it was more of just a rundown of, of just something. Um and I did add again. I didn't have too much fresh to add, apart from the fact that a lot of people claim Inafune is like scamming them, and I don't think it was scamming. I don't think no, he tried. I, I don't I think, think he wanted was... to lie to people. It was sheer no. arrogance on his part. Yeah. I think that's it what was it was. It was a very, pride. very ignorant, ignorant, uh, ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, very a- arrogant, um, idiotic. Just business decision where Like here's the thing I understand the logic behind the business decision Because like it's a very Japanese thing To not want to let people go from a company It is like where in the west It's always like no you finish a project You fire everyone you rehire for the next project In Japan it's very much like Okay these members of staff have finished Working on their current project Let's get money in and start the next project so that we can get them working on yeah. something and we don't have to let them go. Unless you're Konami, in which case Unless you're these Konami. people are finished working on the project, let's get them down the toilet scrubbing the bowls. Yeah, but like, generally it's a very Japanese business attitude and I understand like because this is their first thing as an independent company, not having the excess funds to start a second project and wanting to... like, Not wanting to have to fire people and hire them back six months later. And... I get that, but also, fuck you. Yeah, it it really was a... It it was pride coming before the fall, and obviously people are going to get the game anyway. Um, Yeah. You know, and and maybe if they wanted to reach those stretch goals they promised, maybe they shouldn't have said, uh, well, we can't tell you what they are yet, and should have actually told us what they fucking were until it was late, instead of waiting until it was too late. Yeah. Um, maybe not launch two Kickstarters at once so that there's an anime one and the game one. Uh, <laughs> maybe just not fuck Kickstarter up for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. By souring people on it and, and mm. making people feel saturated and, and, and burned by it. Uh, maybe keep your fucking arrogance in check, son. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that would be better for everyone. And more to the point, right? What does erotic violence even mean? Oh, yes. Well,. I, no, I, I, I consider myself a, a, a somewhat kinky individual, right? I've been electrocuted for a laugh, what? but but what? But what?
don't want this erotic <laughs> you, violence, mate. You, you know what I thought of when I heard the term erotic violence? I jumped to the category of porn that does exist, I have never partaken in, that is rape fantasy porn, where it's like, yeah, it's sexy when we do this thing that no human should ever do to another human. That's sexy. Well, here's the thing, right? Even then, right, in in the in the the kink circles I know and the kinky people I know, that kind of fantasy is is not altogether uncommon. And in a pure environment, in a pure consenting environment, no issue with it. You know, it's but not very often I feel violence. completely innocent and like clueless. <laughs> oh, oh Gav, you Christ. need to come. You need to come and visit sometime. I'll take you to some places. I'll introduce you to some people. No, um, I, can't, I can't say I sh- I, I, that would be something I would enjoy now. Well, that's all right then. It would uh, just be you and me in private if, then. If, if you want to understand the world of kinks really well, um, the best thing you can do is um, PornMD have a live search where you can look at a website that will just scroll what the world is currently searching for in their porn things. Just every single search result scrolls past. You will find out about some fascinating kinks through that. I'm just pretty happy with my bog standard two people fucking each other and looking happy about it. So, someone, <laughs> someone, um, I, was, I was looking at this at CoxCon, when was it? Saturday morning? And um, someone searched on this porn website for the term pugs, pugs, pugs. <laughs> you don't need uh, that many pugs, that's greedy. <laughs> yeah, w- one pug has got to be enough, right? I mean, I'm just saying, right? Like, I just, I, I, if, if I felt, if I felt that, that Konami was looking to spread kink acceptance and a discussion of kinkiness through the medium of pachinko, then I would be fine with them using the term erotic violence. I just don't think that's what they're doing. And um, I, and we, I, we I, do I want, have... I, I, if I want anything from Konami, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't be Metal Gear Solid 5. Right, it wouldn't be a review copy of that that I'm never gonna get. It wouldn't be to be unblacklisted. It wouldn't be even for them to improve their workforce or or improve their games. The one thing I ever want from that company is an official press release discussing what they mean by the term erotic violence. Well, here's the thing: if I can bump into someone from Konami in the near future, I will ask them. I will make that my first interview question and my last interview question, and walk away, and it will be great. We did have one question this week that was on a very similar topic to this, which is probably a good segue into questions. Um, where is this question? Criterion wants to know. What Konami game should be made into a pachinko slot machine next? You know what? Make a pachinko machine called Erotic Violence, and then we'll get an answer as to what Konami... What does Konami mean by erotic violence? That's all I want to know. Everyone's got an idea in their head. We know that. But what does Konami, as an official company, as a corporate entity with a business plan, mean when it says erotic violence? Can, can we have Man, the this entire really is the erotic... week of, like, Konami-quisition. Yeah. It is. Can we have, like, the entire line of Konami-branded erotic pachinko machines? Like, can we have um, erotic violence, erotic fecal matter, erotic food, erotic yeah. whatever the fuck? I don't Erotic know. driving a car down to the local Lidl. <laughs> erotic <laughs> Easter eggs, erotic keys... Silent Hill 2 is seriously the only way I can put that into a context that actually doesn't make me feel very uncomfortable. Exactly. That term. It's the only, it's the only way it makes sense. Otherwise, mm. I mean, just, you, you can't just put erotic in front of words. Kind of, you can't, it doesn't work that way. 
I can't do erotic oscillating fan or erotic peach orchard or erotic root vegetable farming. <laughs> erotic ceramic mug. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't work. It, that makes as much sense. What do, all I want to know is what you mean by that, Konami. Like, what, what, what do you mean by erotic... Oh, no, I was going to say one, and I'm like, that's probably already a kink. Um, erotic window ledge. What erotic is that? window ledge is definitely a kink. Yeah, that's already mm. a kink. Uh, so, other questions we've yes, had this yes. week. Um, oh, well, there we go. That's one I've done. I've had sex on a window ledge. Oh, okay, that's all right, then. Um, I was feeling a little bit unkinky there for a minute. <laughs> Um, Questions we've had this week Uh, Glenn Sato wants to ask What fan art have you always wanted to see of yourselves But are afraid to ask people to make And I kind of have an answer for this Purely because someone tweeted me this idea this week And I want I kind of like the idea of it existing I might try and commission someone one day To draw me sat on a throne of butts Much like the Game of Thrones Game of The throne The throne of the Game of Thrones The Iron Throne the Iron Throne, that is the one, the, the throne of, of iron. Um, I basically want the Iron Throne, but made out of butts, and me sat maniacally that like, aha, awesome. I have won the game of butts. I want that to exist. <laughs> I would love to see more cover versions, but by cover version, I don't mean playing the song I recorded and playing guitar over it, or playing the song and singing with it. I mean actually you going and recreating it completely from scratch in your own style. I love cover versions that do that. Uh, for me, honestly, I don't think there's fan art that exists that, that I wouldn't already want. Or well, not want, as the case may yeah. be. You had some great fan art this week of that magical girl transformation yeah. of you. Yeah, so, that someone was on, fucking cool. Someone on the Girl Gamers subreddit drew me as a, uh, a magical girl. Um, oh, what did Gav call lovely. you? Quimothy Girling? Uh, Quimothy Girling. <laughs> Quimothy Gurling, I like that. Uh, so that's its official name. Um, yeah, I, it was really nicely done. I've, there was someone, uh, uh, a hentai artist actually once drew me a couple of gender swap pictures of me, uh, all in the nutty, uh, that were really quite good. Uh, they also drew me um, going down on Mysterio and just drew a, a gender swap version of Mysterio, which was my phone wallpaper for the longest time, with big old honkers saying, hi, Jim. And she, she'd done all this art, and she, I've not spoken to her in a while, but she's incredibly talented and, and very smutty. And it was really, I, I can't ask for any more fan art because but- she's filled every niche <laughs> I might need filled. There is a bit of my mind that now just like the more of those you listed, the more that I'm like, I I don't know if this is true, but I don't like the world where I can't believe this. I like to think that you have at some point jerked it to gender swap fan art of yourself. That's that's just the thing that makes me happier to believe. (laughs) Uh, I am. See, I feel like answering either way would be a disappointment. So I'm just going to leave that one completely up to people's imagination. And I think that is the perfect thing. Is yeah. I'm I'm going to believe that you've done it, and that makes me very happy to believe. Um, anyway, I never know how to segue out of questions no. like that. I will Casually. say that none of the drawings uh, that this person ever did of me were erotically violent, Konami. What does it mean? Yes. What does it mean? What does it mean? Um... So, other uh, questions we've had. Uh, we had a few people ask this question, and I'm just going to ask the question because there's two. If I pick one of your names, that's going to upset someone. Um, like we, d- I did that once, and someone was like, "Well, why did you give them the wrong name?" So, well, that person asked it too. So, fuck off. Um, a few people have asked, 
what games in the immediate future are we excited for in like the next two to three months? I wonder what Gavin's mm. will be. Well, I well, said two to three months in the hopes that it would be just small oh, enough to miss. Right, just out I of can't, I can't just think out of, of anything. Well, I, I suppose. Well, other than the obvious one, there's all, I, I'm quite looking forward to Tomb Raider. Um, mm. What else? I just wish it wasn't coming out the same week as Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least like you can get that out the way first, and then get. What else is with coming out in the next? I mean, um, there isn't really much coming out in the next couple of months. Well, there's the Phantom Pain. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Phantom Pain's well, going to be cool. Yeah, I'll have to um, try that one at least. My my most anticipated thing coming up in the next few months is uh, episode five of Life is Strange. I uh, haven't yeah. really talked about episode four because I don't know how to do it without spoiling stuff. Um, all I will say is that up to the end of episode four, they have so far managed to stay on the rails. They haven't gone off the rails yet. They haven't pulled a, um, be a David Cage. They have kept it grounded in interpersonal drama. They have done some really interesting things with their core mechanic and that have really done great things with um, episodic storytelling. I am... It's still, like, four episodes in, it's still in Game of the Year territory for me. It's going from strength to strength. And the ending of episode... Gonna have to try this at some stage, aren't I? Without spoilers, the ending of episode four and, like, their teaser trailer for episode five that comes at the end, I've never been so desperate to play the next episode of an episodic adventure game, but equally, I have never been so terrified to play the final episode of an episodic adventure game. I, I don't know if I can play it because I'm kind of terrified of where it's going, but it's looking by all accounts like it could actually stick the landing, which... Like, up till halfway through episode three, I was still like, they're going to fuck this up. They're going to fuck it up. And on the tail end, it's just going past. I'm like, you know what? This is getting better. This is getting better. They might actually fucking do this. Oh, fair play, Rob. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't play beyond the first episode, but I might go back and, and try it out when it's all out in full, we'll say. Mm. This, yeah, this I, can't is why say it, I can't say it really appealed to me. I watched but, some of the trailers and I was like, mm, a little the, the, bit teen angsty or something. Yeah. The, the reason I've not really spoken about it since episode two is that, like, at this point, until we know if it sticks the landing, I don't know how much to recommend it. But... It's done a lot of very interesting things. It's given moral choices that are more grounded in reality than most of these kind of games do. Um, It has put me through like two or three very difficult real life situations that exist and given agency over them and really given me pause for thought of what is the right thing to do in this situation. And that's more than most choices in episodic adventures can be said for. Um, The end of episode two depending on how your episode two ends, there is an entire 30 minute scene that can be in episode four that might just not be there for other people. And there's no other scene to replace it. You just don't get that 30 minutes of content. Like it is actually like branching in some interesting ways. I'm really, I want episode five to come out so I can do spoilery talking about it because yeah, episode one was a bit rough in some of its hellers and social medias and things. But it's calmed down in that regard. It it is definitely like no, it is good, there if you want to. I don't think a, I could handle hearing yeah. someone say, "Go self, uh, go fuck yourself," be again. I <laughs> okay. Don't think I could handle e- that. Episode four. One of the characters does actively call this out and goes, 
really? Hella, you're going to say that? That's a bit weird and lame, isn't it? Like, they make an effort to be like, yeah, we realise, we've turned that back, one of our characters is going to call it out. That's That's the thing, it it, it just struck me kind of as like um, my so-called life in game form. (laughs) Well, that's kind of in some regards... Is that a fair description? It's it's a fair comparison, and like, for me, that is a a bad thing, it's just, you know... For me, that is what I wanted, because like, there are no, like... Where else can you find a fucking video game where the main protagonist uh, main protagonists are a pair of teenage girls that talk about when they were growing up how they loved the Power Rangers? Like, that is not a thing you hear women in media acknowledge. It's like, yeah, fuck yes, Power Rangers were cool. Yeah. So, like, they are just the kind of characters that I'm like, I don't usually see them in video games and I want them in video games. So, that, that, that much. Yeah. My so-called life is probably a reference no one gets. I, I should use more... Re- what were the more recent, like the OC or Dawson's Creek or something? Mm. I, I get the reference. It It is kind of... It My is so-called that, life with, was, was the OC for 90s kids. It's, it's kind of like that, but with a bit more substance to some of its dramatic moments. So, yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm looking forward to Dragon Quest Heroes. And which which feels incredibly lame coming off you just talking about all that in depth story driven stuff, but I I, I want to play Dynasty Warriors Dragon Quest. That is a perfectly acceptable choice. My uh, Gray, as you know from the Escapist, um, why I told him I was going to record Podquisition today. Uh, he said to tell you that Dynasty Warriors is shit, and you should jump in the sea for liking it. <laughs> Gray's Gray is a desperate little man. <laughs> who is always trying to get a rise out of me by going for the lowest of the lowest yeah. of hanging fruit. Yeah, uh, he, he does. <laughs> he needs to pack it in, and he can't it, even no, get it, past the first. He can't even get past the first enemy of the evil within. So when, he's got no room to judge anyone. When he does that, it means he likes you. That's what it means. Yeah, it's, I it's, know. He, He's that kid who sits behind you in class and punches you in the he's head fucking, because he fancies He's Helga you. from Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next question we have up Let me find who asked it Devin White wants to ask If you were a Bioware companion What would your loyalty mission be? And again, playing into the trope That all I like is butts um, My loyalty quest is going to be That you have to Go and find the fairest butt of all And I am sat there on my throne of butts As described previously <coughs> And you find me, it's like, right, you want me to be loyal to you on this mission? You want me to survive the suicide mission or whatever? What you need to do? You need to bring me buttocks until I am satisfied that you have found the fairest buttocks in the land. And there will be moral choices, like you will discover that someone has a fairer butt than the person you had, but it's like, no, they're caring for their family, and if you bring me their fair butt, yes, you will have a better chance at winning me over in the loyalty mission, but, you know, their family will starve because they no longer have this person with the fair butt, will no longer be there to provide for them, and it's a moral choice. Do you bring me the fairest butt, or do you bring me the second fairest butt and explain the situation and hope that you can talk me over with your charisma points? Ooh. Wow. That was that was very well thought out, Laura. <laughs> <coughs> I was just going to say, you know, just buy me a guitar, <laughs> you know? And, and I was going to go even simpler than that and just say hand jobs. Yeah. That works too. Uh, so, so, so really, our loyalty missions are very easy. Introduce um, me to Miranda. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I do have, sorry, slight tangent I want to go on while we're here. Um... The whole shtick of butts is something that I realised really is just what has seemingly defined my career at this point. 
Because, like, as people will, may have noticed if they watch my stuff on YouTube, I now have a, a fancy animated intro for YouTube. And the reason why it's butts falling and knocking down the logo and then butts cascading down and burying it under butts is because I had a, a serious, legitimate business meeting with a man who does animations for proper companies about a YouTube intro. And after, like, a three-hour meeting, the only thing we had settled on was... Well, the only visual element we can think of that defines your career is butts. And then we had a discussion about like, okay, uh, that we we then had a series like serious work emails back and forth like, okay, um, like do we want to have like just one type of butt? Do we go to the uh, the extra art effort of commissioning extra? Do we go to the effort of commissioning extra types of butt of different ethnicities and sizes? Um, like what? Uh, how do we do the proportions of like? What pop, uh, percentage of the butts on screen are which demographic of butts? Like, we we had some serious conversations about butts because that's apparently the only visual element my career has to define it. That is both glorious and tragic. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, um, and last up, a question that uh, we've had a few people asking about this, and this is for Gavin's benefit because I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up and let Gavin speak on this. Um, several people enjoyed us talking about music before. Do we want to talk about some more musics that we like? Um, Gavin, do you have more music you would like to recommend to people? Oh, where would I even start with that question? <laughs> I, look, just follow me on Twitter. Every time I get drunk, I start tweeting out. I get like, I start watching music videos and like start tweeting them out. So just <laughs> And you'll get a lot of music recommendations because judging by the amount of times we've recorded this while he's hungover, Gavin, Gavin does a lot of drinking. So yeah. well, actually, we're cutting. I'm coming, cutting back at the moment. I only had like <laughs> a couple of nights out in the last month, but they were heavy nights out. So. <laughs> I, I haven't drunk in a while. I had this last mm. weekend while I was away. I had three very heavy nights of drinking in a row. Um, mm. I, I think the peak was there was one night where I had um, three vodka Red Bulls, three Jaeger bombs, uh, two pitchers of Purple Rain, half a pitcher of Strawberry Daiquiri. Uh, there was a tray of 40 shots, and I don't know how many of those shots I had, but I had a lot of them. Half a bottle of red wine, and I think I just had ciders after that. And for me, that was a very heavy night. Mm. Well, I, um, that's, that's pretty much in Ireland, that's before breakfast, so, you know. <laughs> Last time I drank was actually this Monday. I, I had a weird migraine situation. Now, my migraines have almost disappeared since I gave up the caffeine, but... You know, I, they can still happen sometimes. And for some reason, I decided I would feel better if I just drunk a load of uh, Smirnoff. And I didn't. <laughs> so don't do that. If you, if, if you, are, if you do get the migraine feeling, uh, it, it doesn't make it better. Mm. Because when you, you think, get into I your 30s, feel... the hangovers get so much worse. Yeah, I because never used to Because they get don't just hurt and sick. They also genuinely make you a little bit like chemically depressed and you get really anxious and like sad for the whole day and it's like no i don't need that in my life yeah and and yet we still do it to ourselves yeah we still do scum. it we still do it. someone <laughs> described um drinking to me in a wonderful way once i wish i could remember who but they said it's like borrowing happiness from tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's very poetic i like yeah. that 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 is really nice so there, also, there was a question we got from from stoops Oh, um, yes, you, which, this uh, was your one that you liked, wasn't it? Yeah. How do you think YouTube has affected the gaming industry from Machinima and Call of Duty to Minecraft and jump scares? And this, this, is, this, is danger, this, it, this is in danger of being a serious question again. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think in a huge um, way, I th as, as I've said before, I think the relevance, the continued relevance of Call of Duty as a large community was based hugely because of, of uh, YouTube. You know, there were more people hmm. watching Call of Duty videos every day than there were actually playing the game at one point. Well, my my main thought on um, on YouTube and its place, and this isn't necessarily a popular one, but I think that video games are a naturally exclusionary medium just because they're the only medium that requires a skill barrier to experience the entirety of their content. And mm -hmm. I think that while that is entirely like, that was what video games were about when they were in, like originally thought up. I think that the rise of YouTube Let's Plays, um, aside from, you know, the obvious personality aspect, there is certainly a lot of involvement from people who do not have the skills to engage with video games, but wish to explore those worlds and narratives and be involved in that discussion. And there is like mm. definitely a market of people who don't play video games or don't play certain types of video games, but love watching them and seeing other people play through them. And like, and I think that that alongside like the rise of personality driven critique has really changed the way that we talk about and share video games. And that's really interesting. And I think it's I think changing that that, some yeah. at, at, at the risk of angering linguistic pedants. Um, I like seeing so many new games that don't necessarily rely on challenging players. I like seeing different kind of experiences that are there to be enjoyed rather than just challenge you, you know? Yeah. Or like, even it's, challenge it's you entirely, at all. I, I, like, there's the experience for me. Like, Life is Strange, I mentioned a little while back. I've played through all the episodes of that, mm -hmm. but equally, I've watched people play it on, on YouTube because I am very curious about other people going through that experience, what choices they make, them explaining why, um, seeing what differences occur because of that. Like, it's very... Yeah, sometimes it's nice just to switch off your head, do something else while someone else does the work, and you mm. find out more about the games you like through their work. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I think YouTube has... I mean, it's had good and bad effects. Mm. Uh, it has... I feel it's helped create... Um, it's helped popularise genres that, weren't, that were flagging. Uh, it's helped really promote diversity in game design, which I feel is a very good thing. Um, at the same time, it has also encouraged some genres to become very tropey and, and similar and samey. You know, the way horror games have become these jump scare factories purely for Markiplier's enjoyment. Um, because people people don't watch those videos for the game. They watch it to see someone pretending to be scared yeah. and screaming. And, it, and, and, it, and apparently there are a lot of developers who have little pride in their own work and will just pander to that. But I, th I feel overall that there is... The, the, the negatives are vastly outweighed by the positives. I, I feel that there's been some wonderful influence and tastemakers who have come up because of YouTube, uh, who have given eyes to games that might not have gotten the attention they deserve. Uh, and and the, the, the dialogue around games themselves, I feel, have improved thanks to uh, some really good YouTubers mm. out there. And uh, the two and, of us have, I mean, and I think yeah. Laura as well, you, I think, have... All three of us have YouTube as a vital part of our, uh, our it's, structure. It's absolutely crucial to what I do now. And this is someone who um, mm. many years back thought that, that you know, I'm, I'm a writer, damn it, and that's all I ever want to be. Uh, and and I've, 
I had to change with it. And I feel that's been good. I feel YouTube has has really helped separate those who yeah. can evolve and move with the times from those who can't or won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one other thing yeah. that I think is valid to discuss, like we talk, you talked about sort of like some people, you go to Markiplier and him playing Five Nights at Freddy's for him pretending to be scared, etc. I don't think that's necessarily inherently a bad thing. Like it's well, no. I mean, it's, it's, if there's not like, like that. Then yeah, like there is a value to it, and the best I've understood that value to be from talking with people is as sort of almost like improv comedy. It is it is a bouncing board for character acting improv, and yeah. you know, if you look at it as that, it's like okay, I see the appeal in that. That is essentially what a lot of YouTubers are, and yeah, if the springboard works for them and people enjoy the improv that they create off of that, then. I mean, everyone's got different tastes and things that they don't like, but uh, it's there's a kind of a snobbery, and I've been guilty of this as well, a snobbery towards what other people like that I think isn't fair. Mm. Like even even with like Bob's ranty review about Pixels, I saw another critic like calling him out on it, saying it was a load of shit, and anyone who likes it is a moron. It's like, man, this is some serious salt going on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, my, my issue is is just, I mean, as a, as a fan of horror, seeing so many games that misunderstand horror tropes and misuse them, uh, I find is a bad thing. Now, I don't blame Markiplier for that, uh, but one thing I will say is... Um, Rather than have a go at Markiplier, I'd rather just uh, spend a little time praising PewDiePie, who recently pl- he played Five Nights at Freddy's 4 and did not react at all to the scares because he I was saw over that, it. Yeah. And did, yeah. this, did an interview where he basically said, like, maybe 2012 PewDiePie would have overreacted and, and pandered in that way. Mm. But kind of 2015 PewDiePie is kind of doesn't want to do that kind of stuff anymore, wants to be more genuine, well, wants to show people but how to, he feels. But to, to be fair, on the other hand, he is kind of responsible for it as well. So, <laughs> you know? Yes, true. But at the same time, I've never, I, I very rarely see people, in, certainly in his position, be capable of self-reflection in that way and, mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of understand that... Uh, Maybe some of the things he didn't he he used to do weren't as yeah. as fulfilling or or good as the stuff he does now and and it's just I I find that inspiring from the guy and I know he still yeah. gets a lot of shit due to his popularity and some of the stuff he popularized but but respect to him for that. Mm. Well, he's always he's always come across as a genuinely good dude. You know, yeah. he he's a very intelligent person who has done some problematic stuff in the past but has definitely worked on improving that those aspects he's very he's very able to reflect on things and move forward um he, he is a he, he's a fantastic business person as well and he I seems say, lovely but i know he sometimes checks in with some of my stuff and if if you do happen to be listening you've got way more pull in the industry than me try and find out what konami means by erotic violence <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say while we were on this topic is we kind of um, go, going over Five Nights at Freddy's. Recent thought I've had that I've been discussing with people. I think a lot of people kind of misunderstand what Five Nights at Freddy's at this point is. Is and like my main takeaway on Five Nights at Freddy's at the moment is that what it succeeds really well at is being a horror game for children, which is a market that doesn't didn't really exist either in video games or in any other medium. For the it's longest time, it, it it is goosebumps. It is something that is scary and that allows children to feel like they're interacting with a particular genre, which is horror, uh, that has stripped out a lot of the things that are likely to give kids long term nightmares. Like it isn't graphic. It's it reduces itself to 
like a creepy tone and jump scares because that is something that children can cope with and that their parents will be happy with them interacting with because it doesn't cause nightmares yeah. and like child friendly horror is a genre that really hasn't been utilized well since think, goosebumps and i think it's sad that the guy who spotted this um and who who is making this and pandering to that obvious market that's there is getting a lot of abuse over it. and it's like come on you know he's making kids happy, so let yeah. him off. Yeah, Scott no. Cawthon is is another guy who's like PewDiePie, who became really popular without kind of suddenly in this limelight and got a load of shit for it just for doing what he does. And when you see the stuff he says, like he's some of the most ins- comes up with some of the most inspiring stuff. Like he's he's a genuine good guy who is trying to do his best. Yeah, like one of my favorite things from this year was the thing that Scott Cawthon did, where just. Out of nowhere, he was watching, uh, he, he popped onto a live stream where a kid dressed up as one of the characters from Five Nights at Freddy's was doing a charity live stream of the games trying to raise money, uh, trying to raise money for charity. And Scott Thorth- Cawthorn came onto his $2,000 US dollar aimed charity live stream and dropped like three quarters of a million dollars on this kid's live stream for charity and this kid's yeah. reaction yeah, I think was he's just done mental. that a few times with live streams yeah he's he's <laughs> he just he has done some lovely things it's also easy for us to point fingers when we're lucky enough to be in a position where we don't have to compromise our work or do something we might not feel is of real like I, it was actually a, a conversation about five nights at freddy's that made me think of this recently because someone was saying why haven't you done a five nights freddy's song it would have got so many views and i was like well it's just because it's not right for where i'm at and i was thinking maybe if this was like three four years ago i was just starting out i, I would be all over that shit making mm. really cheesy songs about five nights at freddy's because i needed the money no, do you know that's a, that's a valid thing because like everyone has to get their start somewhere and you know, you've got to do what, like, you find something that works, you do it. And, like, if there's mm. an audience, then why not? Mm. So, yeah, that all, again, got very I mean, serious. We've had a very serious episode this week. Look at us being all mature grown-ups. <laughs> yeah. People people will be upset by that. No, they won't. <laughs> but, but we don't have to sell out our Please ideals. Please don't be upset. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I'm going to shit, I'm going to shit in Gavin's pint in, like, six weeks and, um, Fuck the Batmobile, stick a uh, stick a banana up your anus, pull it out your teeth. There you go. Is that enough silliness for you? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That, yeah, we might as well sign off on that. Um, I'm going to show this banana. <laughs> Laura, when you're not pulling bananas through your anus and out your teeth, uh, what else are you doing that people can enjoy? Um, you can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Um, that's Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, which is what pays the bills, Laura K Buzz on YouTube, where I have spent this week, uh, I'm continuing my Beyond Good and Evil 2 Let's Plays, which we're getting toward the end now, guys, woo! I'm doing a dating sim called Katawa Shoujo, I'm also uploading a load of the butt podcasts that went up on Destructoid and now going up on my personal channel, so yeah, if you follow me now, you're gonna have like six or seven days of old butt content that you might be new to you going up on the channel. Woo! Um, so that'll be fun. Other than that, Destructoid Monday to Friday doing UK editory things. If you're in London at the Nine Worlds convention this weekend, I will be running their LGBT track all weekend. So expect me to go very quiet for a few days on social media, then die. Because that's <laughs> going to kill me this weekend. This week of travel is just bloody killing me. So there well, you go. That's it. 
Good luck with it. I hope you don't die. Um, Gavin, you are kind of a pop star, and how? Ca- oh no, we decided you were just just kind of a pop. Um, how can people find out more about your pop that you do? Follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. Like I said, for lots of music recommendations and lots of blabbing about useless, mm. useless, useless things that doesn't matter to anyone. And yeah. come along to my YouTube channel and see the new song, which is, as we said, about Journey. And it's lovely and it's a soft ballad. And it's lovely because I got some advice from my good friend Maluka on how to sing soft. Because re- I'm really bad at singing softly. <laughs> okay, so there well, you go. wonderful. Thank you. As for me, well, you, you all know the drill by now. Uh, we did pass a quarter of a million subscribers on my YouTube channel, which has been really nice. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, it's really sh- been shooting up in a quick span of time and, and it's always shocking when that happens and and this show's doing really well and the Junquisition shirts uh, Shark Robot told me do are doing pretty well um, so yeah, yeah, wonderful stuff all round it's been a hell of a year so far and we'll see you next week uh, and, and maybe we'll come closer to the mystery of, of working out what erotic violence is because I don't know, uh, but until then see ya, bye, bye.